so we we get introduced to Jim Honk Honkins. Jim, Jim Honkins. <laughs> well, he's Jim Honkins for the rest of Jim the days. Jim Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed. That's Josh. And that's Clancy. Welcome, honey. Hi. We're doing it again. We are doing this again. It's just, it's, you know, it's it's a new year. Mm-hmm. It's not really a new us. It's the same old us. And we're just trying to get into the swing of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what's in Disney news right now, Clance? Well, uh, Rise of the Resistance is now open at Disneyland. It's now open at Disneyland. Good thing we have annual passes, but too bad we don't live in California anymore. Yeah, hope. I mean, we're gonna make a trip definitely to go out there. We need to. We must. See, I haven't read a whole lot because I don't want to spoil myself, and I feel like articles are all inclusive, right? Yeah. But it seems like it was a similar experience. I don't know if you were there. Let us know. But um, it seems like it was a similar experience for this. I saw a lot of videos. It's like, oh, it's really crowded, but it was just that area. Yeah. The rest of Disneyland was just fine, just like it was when the other one opened. But um, anyway, all this to say, um, according to Gizmodo and IO9, it's far more immersive than Smuggler's Run, the the Rise of the Resistance itself. And it's a culmination of all things the theme park rides can do. Um, it's a, it's apparently just a massive experience, but I haven't read too much about it because I I don't every every article I come across about it, it's like spoiler warning. I'm like, oh, I don't want to ruin myself with the story, yeah, even though it's just a theme park attraction. But no, but I want to go into like that was a thing going into Smuggler's Run. I didn't know any like, I mean, I knew kind of what the concept was, but mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily knew know like, I didn't see anything about the ride, what you were doing. I didn't like the whole line experience and yeah it's if if this is if people are saying that this is better than smugglers run i love smugglers run yeah apparently this is a whole dang experience yeah i'm excited So yeah we're looking forward to that also um there's been an announcement that they're talking about doing national treasure three with jerry bruckheimer back to produce according to cnet um but there's no word about nick cage or diana kruger joining the cast um and the first one is available on disney plus starting april 30th so maybe oh. we do a little celebration and cover National Treasure whenever our yeah whenever that aligns. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, what movie did we watch this week, Clance? We watched the movie Muppet Treasure Island. It is one of my favorite. Actually, it is my favorite Muppet movie. Okay, hundred percent. That's high praise. Um, it is. It was. I mean, it was basically the one I watched over and over and over and over again. I was kind of too young for some of the older Muppet movies. Um, so like it kind of just aligned properly with, sure. with uh, yeah. So one of my favorites, um, but you had never seen Correct. this movie. So what did you think? I really quite liked it, but it does not surpass Muppets take Manhattan for me. That's my favorite followed closely by the great Muppet caper. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the two that I consistently watched over and over as a kid. Yeah. Which isn't to say, like I said, I love, I enjoyed this movie. I had a good time. Yeah, for um, sure. The songs are great, but um, yeah, it's definitely an absurd movie. It's yeah. not, it's not like any, yeah, it, there, there's not really any like really emotionally gripping moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's all, I mean, everything just feels like it's just trying to be a gag a little bit, which sure. I mean, to me is fun. And I mean, yeah, that's, uh, I like. You know, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the original, the the source material isn't like it was originally uh, like a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, let's dive into it. Right. Um, uh, j- quick note, unless otherwise noted, we supplemented our own sort of like uh, observations with research from Muppet.Fandom.com, IMDb or Wikipedia. And I mean, Wikipedia is a great resource. And if you use it, you should donate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to kick off. Uh, it was directed by Brian Henson, son of Jim, uh, came out February 16th, 1996, starring Tim Curry as Long John Silver, Billy Connolly as Billy Bones, um, 
Jennifer Saunders, who's a dear, dear love of mine as Mrs. Bloveridge. She was in um, Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where. OK, yes. I didn't I didn't put that together. Well, it's hard to tell with the what I think are some facial prosthetics, especially where there's a mole and weird teeth involved in yeah. a fat suit <laughs> that does not move like a human body. Right. Um, and then Kevin Bishop as Jim Hawkins, who is apparently a, still a working actor. He's on a TV series. Uh, I think it's a U- UK TV series called In the Long Run. And then he was recently a regular player on Tracy Ullman's most recent show. Tracy Ullman's show. Yeah, I saw a picture of him when I was like looking this up and I was like, oh, yeah, he's he got l- a mustache now. He long bottomed. Whole- yeah, <laughs> he long bottomed hard. Um, yeah, and uh, obviously it's based on Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Just a little bit about that story. Originally, it was serialized in a children's magazine called Young Folks from 1881 to 1882. And then all of those stories were published as a book together in 1883. Um, and as sort of like a cultural reference point, it has a major influence, had a major influence on popular perceptions of pirates, because this is where you get, you know, the one legged wooden legged pirates. You get oh, pirates wow. with parrots, okay. the imagery of the Jolly Roger, mm-hmm. you know, X marks the spot as a treasure thing. Like that's all of that sort of originated in Treasure Island and just became sort of like cultural fodder for those stories. And so, yeah, that was kind of like this was what started it all and everything was mm-hmm. kind of derivative based on that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of Muppet info. So this is the fifth feature length Muppet film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the second and last to date directed by Brian Henson. Um, and it's the second adaption of literary work uh, following um, Muppet Wizard of Oz that aired on TV. Followed by Muppet Wizard of Oz. That's the one that's the last. Oh. Yeah, that's the last um, sort of adaptation that they did was Muppet Wizard of Oz. And it was a TV movie. Got it. So they so like Christmas Carol, which came before this movie, mm-hmm. then the one that came after that was the Muppet Wizard of Oz. In terms of literary adaptations, yes. Got it. And that and that's not on Disney Plus though. I don't think so. Yeah, I was looking at all the Muppet movies and I didn't see anything about the Wizard of Oz. It might I would be on I feel like I saw it on Netflix once upon a time. Oh, interesting. I wonder it may just be but I've right never seen it. everywhere. Who knows? Yeah. Um yeah. So, uh, also, so Frank Oz, uh, who makes a, a bunch of, you know, plays a bunch of these Muppet characters, uh, he, and Yoda and, and, and Yoda, uh, yeah, he, he voices, uh, he voices and puppeteers the characters, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear and Sam the Eagle. But, uh, during the filming of this movie, he was actually directing another movie called Bowfinger in 1989. Oh my God. I forgot he directed Bowfinger. Yes. So. <laughs> He was directing that movie at the time. Uh, so uh, another guy named Kevin Clash uh, um, uh, stood in for him on set to do the puppeteering duties during shooting. Um, and then Oz re-recorded the character's voices um, later in VO. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the funny things, like when Clash uh, went to Oz and kind of like, hey, let's I want to kind of figure out what, what I'm supposed to be doing with these characters. And he, uh, Oz described Miss Piggy as a truck driver want uh wanting to be a woman and that's how <laughs> i've never heard that description before but i mean it's kind of perfect though like yeah, it's it is, not wrong it's not wrong and fozzy bear is somebody that's similar to jerry lewis i could see that so we open with the opening credits that introduces actually the the muppets as actors playing the treasure island characters and i thought that was really clever yeah because it's like miss piggy as benjamina gunn kermit the frog as captain smollett like rather than um you know crediting the the puppeteers or the voicers yeah themselves. which i mean they're credited at the end and almost immediately oh but yeah, like, yeah yeah i just thought that that was a really clever way it to keeps be like, it within the universe yeah. right yeah um but so we get our first song with the opening credits it's shiver my timbers and it's basically the, you know, we're bloodthirsty pirates, whatever. But uh, there, we get a lot of creatures. We get a very fuzzy crocodile. Creatures, yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a line with the, the line that's a bloodthirsty captain and a cutthroat crew. I don't know what those things are. Like the little actual, I don't know. Are they supposed to be mollusks? Are oh, they, yeah. The little guys that are like kind of like moles almost maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But um, <laughs> they were fuzzy, weird and just an off-putting color right <laughs> what else the octopus looks like a peanut i thought it was a peanut at first y- yeah um, i could see that i mean it, like, it, it was just even the way that it was framed i would assume that even on because like at a this is the widescreen version mm-hmm. uh, the the letterbox version was distributed almost exclusively for like 
after this had come out to VHS and oh. things like that. It wasn't until they did like a DVD special edition that the widescreen version was was re-released. So yeah, I wonder if like the cropping in that <laughs> made that huh. even worse. So you don't know who these characters, yeah, like or what they are. Well, and then just the lyrics of this song, like watch. I'm just like, this is it's so discordant because there are elements of this that are much darker than a lot of other Disney films. Yeah, for um, sure. Just some of the lyrics from this first song and those Buccaneers drown their sins in rum. The devil himself would have, would have to call them scum. Every man aboard would have killed his mate for a bag of guineas or a piece of eight. A piece and it's of eight. puppets singing. this. <laughs> <laughs> so next we, uh, we see them uh, dragging all these chests or like pirates basically on the beach dragging chests to bury them on this island. Um, and uh, we see um, Flint, who is the the main captain of that ship at the time. Who hid the, who hid the treasure. Flint's, hid, it's yeah, Flint's treasure. It's Flint's treasure. Um, and so they're, you know, they're burying it in. And then, and then right as like the song ends, Flint pulls out his guns and then shoots like all of the human actors all of those 15 people in in this him. pit yeah and so it's like uh the gun violence in this movie is just it, it's kind of funny that like this is acceptable and this was a disney produced this like this is not mm-hmm. something that was outside of that so yeah. like i mean i don't know it's i guess guns at that point in, in children's movies were not <laughs> were still okay to do i guess and, I, and especially because it's and it wasn't using the gun to like, oh, like shoot something off or like it wasn't like, you know, the, I'm uh, I'm hunting or anything like that. No, this was literally killing other people. Yeah. I mean, it's happened even in some of Disney's animated features. Pocahontas comes to mind. But yeah, but this was overt. It was, and then cut to Billy Connolly going, he killed him. So, yeah, we, we basically right from that cut to the inn, which uh, we meet Billy Connolly, Billy Connolly. As Billy Bones. As Billy Bones. And we sort of get the conceit that the song and what everything that we were seeing was a story he was telling mm-hmm. about, you know, this pirate and this treasure and yada, yada, yada. So he's going on and on and, and all of the like, there's a mix of humans and Muppets in this bar. Yeah. Some of whom are pigs. Um, and he's telling the story and everybody's like heard it before or whatever. Right. Um, it feels like this guy is in this bar every night telling, telling this the exact same, same story. story. Yes. Yeah. The story finishes with beware the one legged man. But also one thing that kind of threw me for a loop, even one of the pigs Steins talks. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I do remember seeing that on the table after he like drinks from it. And he's oh just like, gosh. I'll drink to that. It's, like, Whoa. <laughs> it's a little crazy. So then we get introduced to Jim Hawkins, Gonzo and Rizzo. And Hawkins is sort of the, pro- he, not sort of, he is the protagonist. Correct. Um, Gonzo and Rizzo get thrown in. They don't have analogs in the original story. That's they just- don't. But in early um, drafts of the script for when they were writing this movie, Jim Hawkins was actually two characters, Jim and Hawkins. And that was going to be played by Gonzo and Rizzo. Oh. Um, but they didn't feel that they, they would have been able to carry the movie by themselves. Agreed. And so then they brought in a kid. Um, cast or what do you call it when you cast a casting call? Yeah, yeah. They did a casting call. Uh, it was about a hundred different kids. The kid that ended up playing it, uh, Kevin Bishop, was actually the first one that auditioned. Oh, and so like they went through a hundred kids, and then they went with the first one. And it's kind of just it's kind of funny. But yeah, Mrs. Bloveridge just a I love Joanna Lumley, but she needs to learn to read a room because she talks about. Oh, you know, making roast suckling pig for dinner the next day and then has to, yeah. pop. well, she complains that the bar is a pigsty and then the pigs look at her and she's like, oops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect, sirs. And it's just calling out like there's a drunk cow at one point. Like there <laughs> she sits on. Yes. Accidentally as she comes through the door and she's just like, you've been drinking or whatever. And she's like, why is the cow going to drink? Why is the moose on the wall still alive? Like these are questions yeah. that I have about the absurdity of Muppets. <laughs> We, we get into the first song. Something the, better. Yes. And it's a classic I want song. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know anything about this. It's standard with musicals, usually somewhere near the beginning. Um, it's a song that sort of sets up the goal of the protagonist against which the antagonist will fight or keep them from yeah. obtaining. So like when you think of The Wizard and I from Wicked or My Shot from Hamilton or just Around the Riverbend, Pocahontas, Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid, all of that. Those are I want songs that sort of like set up the action, mm-hmm. at least so far as the protagonist is concerned. And 
this is pretty solidly an I want song because what's he want? Something better. But also this is the most emo song in this, in this. That a castrati has ever sung. Uh, it's <laughs> like just the, 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 I look around here and I want to cry. Pretty emo song. Mm-hmm. Lyrics to, in this. to go with that unkempt mullet. Oh my God, that mullet. It's the most like, emo mullet I've ever seen. And it's it's just so like, and you know, the sad thing is, is there are pictures of me when I was younger with hair that looks kind of like that hair, long hair. Oh. And I've got, my mom has pictures. I don't, well, I don't want to see them. I love you. Okay. I don't want to see those pictures. <laughs> Billy Bones comes back, ultimately. Screaming yes. for rum after the bar's been shut. She's yelling from upstairs. Don't give him any rum. He's begging for rum. Yeah. Um, and then the line that happens all the time in this, how does she do that? Yeah. They're, they're, well, it <laughs> happens during the, during the song, during the song, after the song, when they, after go, the they song. go to put out the, um, the lantern outside and they're yes. talking about it. And she says something, how does she do that? And it just seems like it's just a fun gag for her. She does it three times. It it works every time. <laughs> I'm going to sound really snooty when I say this, but I feel like the delivery on that joke. How does she do that? Yeah. Gets worse every time they say it. It's, oh, I think it's it gets almost better. it's almost sitcom. It's like, how does she do that? How does she do that? How does she do that? I'm OK with it. I think it's funny. Fair enough. And then bing, bang, boom, blind pew shows up. Yeah. Who is just disheveled. He's a lot. He's got an eye patch over each eye. And he's a new character for this. Like he's not a Muppet that they've used before. Oh, there were a couple of Muppets that were like that in this movie mm. that they've actually even ended up reusing another in, in later Muppet properties. Well, but, yeah, because yeah. once they, once they build the puppet, it's, you know, <laughs> just, why not? Yeah, it's there. So yeah, he gets in there. It's kind of like a uh, <laughs> playing echolocation basically with. With everybody talking in the room, finds uh, uh, Hawkins and then says the weirdest line that it was kind of like, oh, my pet, my little girl. Yeah, he's like caressing the hair like between his fingers or something. It's, yes. It's, it's oh, a, little girl. It's a little. Oh, my pet. <laughs> predatory? It is. And then Billy Bones cocks the gun and immediately he whips around and like, like, Catches the gun across yeah. the room. And then he begins to fondle Billy Bones. Yes. Before giving him the black spot. <laughs> he's terrified. It means they're going to come for him. Then he's freaking out about that and just dies. Just dies. But it's, it's at this point that Rizzo spoke the thought that I was having. And we're only like 10 minutes into the movie at this point. He's like, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> There's so much gun violence and sins and rum and death. And we've just started. Yeah. Billy Bones dies, which actually Brian Connolly was very excited about. He's very proud that he was the first person to die in this movie. He's such a treasure. Yeah, I he love is. Him. But while he's dying, he comes back to life, I think twice, basically to tell the kids where to get the map. And uh, you need to do this for me. You need to go get it. You need to avenge me, whatever. You right. Know? Yeah. So the pirates show up to kill him after he dies, basically wreck the place. Mrs. Bloveridge wakes up. Can a woman get her sleep? And she starts hunching at pirates, but she helps him escape. Meanwhile, Gonzo and Rizzo are in the basement trying to get guns because apparently Mrs. Bloveridge has stockpiled gunpowder. Yeah, lots of barrels. Lots of barrels of gunpowder. And it's a comedy of errors downstairs with Gonzo and Rizzo losing the bullets and running out of powder. And then the pirates come after them and the the trail of gunpowder gets lit. And it's the classic kind of like cartoon thing of everybody running from the fuse before it blows up. Yeah. And then they escape from the house. And this is the last time we get your favorite joke from the film. And, you know, she's like, what about Mrs. Bloveridge? And she bangs through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. She's like, I'll be okay, loves. How does she do that? I love it. It's so good. They go to Brighton. Um, they're basically looking for a, a ship's. Uh, they want to hire a ship. Their big plan is to show someone a treasure map and get a ship in return. Yes. And then we are introduced to Fozzie, who is Squire uh, Trelawney. Squire Trelawney. They, well, they go to Squire Trelawney's house and they're like, hey, we want to we want to speak to him about chartering a ship or whatever. Yes. And the doorman's like, well, he'll be away until Saint, uh, the feast of St. Lulu, which is not an actual feast day. Anyway, so we meet Fozzie, Squire Trelawney's idiot son who imagines he has a man living in his finger. And his name is Mr. Bimbo. And he has been to the moon twice. Apparently. Twice. Yeah. We get the crew. Um, Dr. Bunsen, Beaker and Bunsen are there. They blow in literally from the next room. Right. Um, this is another situation where a Muppet is playing a character from the original story. Dr. Livesey is in the original book. Yeah. They get about the Hispaniola, mm -hmm. which is the boat they're going to be. And that's the name of the boat in the book. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. 
I just want to take a minute for a fashion moment. Oh. Fozzie, who's, uh, what, what is his name again? Squire Trelawney. Trelawney. His getup is this pink, ruffly suit with a giant hat. Like, He's a fancy man. Wonderful. I am living for his, for his outfit. So we meet to the crew. The crew. Samuel, Samuel Arrow, played mm-hmm. by Sam the Eagle. Correct. Uh, he's the first mate. Uh, that character actually doesn't have a first name in the books. So in this movie, he takes Sam the Eagle's name. Mm-hmm. Um, got Captain Smollett, who is Kermit. We're at a half hour into this movie. We finally see Kermit. Yeah. And, and not to gloss over this a little bit, like we are, we're, we're introduced to the, to the rest of the crew. Kermit shows up, I would say, super late like this boat is ready to go yeah. and he is just now arriving and he's not just arriving he is barreling through the streets in this he's got stage a coat a coterie yeah and it's super dangerous like literally causing accidents in in the road not gonna lie it's about how i drive carriages in assassin's creed syndicate right now <laughs> it's taking everybody and everything out I, I got an achievement for wanton destruction oh my god <laughs> Anyways, the 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 cart opens and sorry, the carriage opens and we see this like human come out that's like you know really dark looking like crotchety crotchety guy and moves out of the way and then there's Kermit <laughs> just with his, his hands behind his back kind of looking like <laughs> so perfect, Hi-ho. very Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Um, and then we meet uh, you know we've got um Jim and Rizzo and. Gonzo are checking things out and they go down into the galley and meet Long John Silver. Yep. Who is the cook? Who's the cook? I'd never read Treasure Island. Uh, and as we discussed, I hadn't seen this until very recently. And mm-hmm. it strikes me as uh, now quite cl- I used to think Long John Silver's a pirate. So it makes sense that he has a fast food seafood chain named after him. <laughs> but it makes even more sense because he was the cook. And yeah. I wasn't a big fan of his shrimp, but his coleslaw was quite nice. I don't get the joke. There's a restaurant called Long John Silver's that sells shrimp and coleslaw. And oh, other got seafood. it. Never mind. I got it. I don't eat fish. I mean, this is who knows. Uh, anyways, little quick note about uh, so Tim Curry is playing um, uh, Long John Silver. Yes. Uh, they were originally he was originally going to have a peg leg. Um, they ended up switching it to a crutch because the peg leg was very very uncomfortable for him. Yeah, I have to so, imagine. Yeah, I actually mean, got would a be, full limb. That would be pretty awful. Like, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, we're also introduced to Polly the Lobster, who is uh, Long John Silver's pet, which is, yeah. you know, not a parrot. Not a parrot. But he does parrots. Yep. Rizzo. Goes to town on that chicken. Oh, my God. Devours that, like, surgically. At one point, like, <laughs> debris is flying up from where he's eating. It's like sawdust. And all I can think is, how dry is that damn chicken? Oh, yeah. So dry. Chicken or turkey? I think they say chicken in the movie. Okay. It looks like a turkey. It does look like a turkey. But I'm pretty sure they say chicken. Yeah. I think the idea is that chicken chicken would play too small. A roast chicken is a lot smaller than a roast turkey. Because roast chicken you can get from the thing at H-E-B and it's already been rotisseried for you. Correct. Yeah. Turkey's a bit bigger. So after eating all that turkey and getting really, really fat, we find out that Rizzo is also running a a, side hustle. A side hustle. (laughs) This essentially a rat cruise. Yes. Basically. And I mean... I we'll, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later, but like this tour group that's go this rat tour group that's going with them on the boat. It's a whole subplot. It's a whole subplot that is out of time. It's Correct. so anachronistic. It's I mean, they've got modern technology for 1996. Yeah, like it's it. It's, well, and then later and we'll get to this at the end. But at first I was like, oh, OK, this is kind of like Rizzo, the quote actor making money off of this film gig, even though he says, you know, if, if the journey doesn't go well, they still have a little bit of money, but even, but then later, like they participate in the action. Yeah. In a way that belies that. So it's just, it's, uh, I couldn't quite figure it out. And I don't know if I love that or I hate that. I think it's wonderful. I think it's the whole thing plays super, super well. Let's, let's go with that. But like, as they're singing, sailing for adventure, the rats have lines. They come into the song. Yeah. They're singing. Yeah. Uh, margaritas at the midnight, midnight buffet, buffet. Like, margaritas at the midnight buffet yeah it's a whole ho. thing <laughs> with these rats and they they they're basically they're kind of contemporary but also there's a bit of a like a 60s 70s feel to the rats like in mm-hmm. their clothes and in their speech and demeanor it feels very mid-century modern almost yeah um i don't know it's just, it's bananas and during this song so i mean 
We've heard Hawkins sing before. We know how his voice is. Yes. But it is so jarring when they cut to him <laughs> to have his little like line moment. His his <laughs> his reference to his wish song. And it's just, again, all castrati. And then to come back with Tim Curry singing with him in that big Tim Curry voice. Yeah, upstaged. Like just... literally, it's basically he just kicks him in the face. Like this is <laughs> <laughs> the salty breezes whisper. Who knows what lies ahead? I just know I was born to lead the life my father led. The stars will be our compass wherever we may roam. And our mates will always be just like... I don't know where the tune is. I lost it. <laughs> but that was a pretty good Tim Curry, right? <laughs> the stars will be our compass wherever we may roam. You really have to chew those vowels. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh, that was wonderful. thank you for indulging me. You're welcome. Uh, so this song is also just said, like we start to kind of get uh, introduced to a lot of the Muppets that are going to be a part of the ship's crew. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we do the, the roll call. Um, yeah. And these are all just, they're all basically name gags. It is. Oh yeah. So, so good. They've got old, old Tom, Tom, older Tom, dead, dead Tom. Tom. Mm-hmm. Do they have a really dead Tom? No, it's just those three. It's just the three. Because that's right. good humor. It's the yeah. rule of threes. Yes. <laughs> Somebody waves the skeleton. He's like, air. <laughs> Captain Smollett and Sammy are just like, huh. And then they get to Headless Bill or whatever. And nobody says anything. But cut to a Muppet with a shirt tied up at the head with no head. He's just like, Whoa. Putting his hand up. Yep. Like in the air. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's funny. And then the combined joke of big, fat, ugly, bug face baby eating O'Brien being that deep voiced woman. She's only been, her name is Jessica Hamilton. She was uncredited oh. for this role and she's only been in one other thing called Desert Winds as young Jackie. Oh, wow. Um, but then they, they double that joke up with Angel Marie, who is one of the hideous, most hideous puppets. Oh, yeah. And I think he's my favorite. He's got <laughs> that big sort of like moon face. Yeah. One eye looks like it's been punched recently <laughs> and he's got like red and black braids that stick straight up from his head. Yep. Uh, just there's a whole lot going on there that really pleased me. Um, and every time Angel Marie pops up later throughout the movie, I giggled. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is big fat, ugly bug face, baby eating O'Brien. I don't think pops up later. No, that's the only time we see it's her. the only time we see her. So it's just a one off gag. But, you know, bless her heart. Yeah. So we're on the open sea. Yes, we're on the open sea. A small. It doesn't like the crew uh because mr bimbo is um, is the one who chose them yeah so they bring all well, the officers oh, sorry mr bimbo chose uh long john silver and then long john silver chose most of the crew there we go. and we figure this out because all of the all of the um you know the people who are like the captain and yeah. the squire all of those guys are in the cabin talking about like after they've done this roll call and small it's like who are these people where did you get them and everybody points at squire trelawney and squire trelawney points at his finger at Mr. Bimbo. Right. Well, no. He points where Mr. Bimbo lives. Oh, right. Mr. Bimbo is in his in finger. In his finger. Got he it. Is not his finger. <laughs> um, so it's at this point, like, Lon John Silver comes in. He's like, let's toast to a, a lucky, a help, you know, a good voyage or whatever. And Smollett's yeah. like, no. I don't like the look of these guys. Nobody's drinking on this ship. And honestly, I would have left. I would have just been like, all right, I'm going to take a boat. <laughs> yeah, right. I won't get it. I'm gonna just going to lower one of these dinghies down, sail my happy ass back to Brighton. Right. But this doesn't apply to the rat, the, the rat tour. The rat tour continues to You're have absolutely alcohol right. on this ship. So like maybe it's because they can carry it in smaller quantities. Probably. <laughs> or I mean, there's sort of stowaways, right? Like, yeah, they're still their own because they have their own. I mean. To be fair, like these guys brought all of the things necessary for them to have like a ski ball court, all of these th- or not ski ball. No, it, it's um, it's um, it's um, shuffleboard, shuffleboard. Yeah. Like all of these things they have brought and set up, which presumably either Rizzo himself coordinated all of that or right. like he found an event administrator. Yeah, they definitely had an, an events coordinator that came in and organized all of Rizzo these hired things. a cruise director. Yes, what you're talking pretty about. much. Got it. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, there was no booze or uh, Kermit says, you know, there's no booze on this, on this. Uh, we're not having booze on this voyage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a back and forth between Kermit and Long John Silver's Long John Silver trying to argue for having it. And Fozzie keeps pouring himself some whiskey or scotch or whatever it is, throwing, and it, throwing out it out the window, Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really great. 
so Long John Silvers and Hawkins leave the leave Kermit in 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 their quarters, um, shutting the door in front of Rizzo and and Gonzo, who kind of now start to feel alienated from uh, um, Hawkins. It's probably by design. I mean, it's probably what Long John Silvers is trying to do. Sure, right. Um, they have a heart to heart. They go up to like the top of the uh, of the boat, or the, uh, sorry, the bow of the boat. Is that is that the front? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. Let's let's just say it's the bow of the boat. Uh, anyways, they go to the front of the boat. Um, we have some of the neat green screen from 1996. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you can really see in the in the wisps of Hawkins' golden mullet all of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sort of like kind of like a green outline. But yeah, we kind of get a a heart to heart between uh, Long, Long John. John Silver's and Hawkins, kind of talking about where they came from. Uh, Hawkins is Hawkins says something about his, uh, you know, his 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 parents died um, when he was seven, which I don't know how old Hawkins is supposed to be in this, but that feels like a year ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like it it just doesn't seem like he's he's actually. His voice has not deepened. No, right. He so he's he's he's, he's not hit puberty yet. Yeah, right. So he's no older than twelve, I would say. Yeah, thus the the voice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and then we get some. You know, we get the the music starts to turn when Long John Silver starts to talk about you know his sort of plans. Right. You know, like oh, if I was captain, like you know, like this is what these are my goals and. You know they're a little sinister, mm-hmm. but Hawkins is playing into it because he thinks it's his friend. And well, whatnot. he's mani- yeah, yeah, he's manipulating uh, the little guy. Meanwhile, Rizzo and Gonzo are being tortured for the location of the map. Yes, and uh, Rizzo is terrified, but Gonzo is loving it. Gonzo is kinky AF. Gonzo gets put on that rack and gets stretched out, and it's just like yes, daddy, the whole time, and becomes a wacky waving inflatable mm-hmm. arm flailing tube man as yes. a result. And the other the other thing about Gonzo is in this movie is that he he relishes in like the darkness of all of it. Like, oh, but that's Gonzo. Oh, really? Like historically, that's Gonzo. He's well, I mean, he's a weirdo. Yeah, he's classified but I mean, as like, a weirdo. But when like they're talking about death, he's into it. Yeah, let's go do this insanely dangerous thing. You got to hand it to Gonzo. He's 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 not a fearful person, and is he's kind of um. I don't know, Epicurean. He likes to mm. he likes to have experiences for the the pleasure of having experiences. So after that, uh, Hawkins goes back into Kermit's quarters. Mm. Small, it's like asking to lock up the map for safekeeping, right? For safekeeping, because all of this stuff is going on. They got tortured, which they repair Gonzo by rolling him up like a <laughs> an accordion, like a retractable blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think actually I have exactly what it was called. Hold on, it was the window shade cure. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh yeah. After that happens, Hawkins goes into Smollett's quarters, and Hawkins sees this like picture of a lady pig mm-hmm. who's it's very artfully done. And yeah. um, Kermit sort of changes the conversation to I, I need to take this map from you. He puts his frog foot down and is and just says slippery wet frog foot down. Slippery wet frog foot down. And they lock up the map. We then cut to six weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um, the ship is becalmed. There's no wind in the sails. We get a, a nice shot of the sails just kind of sitting there. Yeah. Everybody's miserable except Bunsen, who's got a little foil thing out and is sunning himself. Oh, 100%. Just totally living his, his best life right now. And it starts my favorite song in this movie, Cabin Fever. Jeez. And I mean, there's a lot that happens in this song. I got to say my favorite part is Black Eyed Jim because he's living his fullest Carmen Miranda life with a headdress. Oh, right. And that sort of like twist top and, and maracas. It's a whole way to go. Black, Eye, black eyed Jim. I, I, I support your It's um, kind of almost my first introduction to drag. I would say. Did you never watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon? I mean, yes, but not like as a real person. Ah, doing fair that. Enough. You know what I mean? Like I didn't probably hadn't seen Rocky Horror at that point. You or, definitely hadn't. You didn't see Rocky Horror until after we started oh, yeah, dating. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, so like kind of kind of interesting. Also kind of cute, you know, like <laughs> he's definitely your type. Yeah. Big bald dudes. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Husband. Yeah. So we get the whole cabin fever number where everybody's kind of cooped up. And then the song ends when wind starts blowing again. Everybody's like, like as if nothing happened. Yeah. But there's like this song has a bunch of different segments. It goes into like there's a German bit that's in it. There's a 
like a salsa portion of it. Yeah. There's a, I love a good salsa portion. <laughs> uh, there's a hoedown that happens. Yeah. You're right. Point. Yeah. There's a, there's a bit of square dancing. In there. Yeah. Fozzie's fruit hat. Wonderful. Phenomenal. Like, and again, fashion moment. He is on point. He's brought everything with him. He's a clothes horse. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Favorite song. Yeah. I mean, would you say that this is your favorite song in the movie? Oh, <sighs> I don't think it is. I honestly think my favorite one is, um, the one where they're sailing off. Cause that's the one I can't get out of my head. That with We're the margarita. sailing, sailing. Yeah, margaritas at the midnight buffet. That one. Cause yeah. I keep, I keep whistling that refrain as I walk through the house. Cabin fever was just fun. I mean, it was as a kid, like that was, Oh yeah. It, no, as a, a child thing. Yeah. Let so. loose. Long John Silver realizes that Smollett has the map locked up. Yeah, because of loose lips, sink ships, uh, Hawkins, mm-hmm. who goes downstairs and just like, like, yeah, I have to give it to him just in case. Like, what? What an idiot. And in front of the prisoners, like literally the people that were just trying to torture Gonzo and Rizzo. He is saying these things in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he was just doing this to Long John Silver's like. He's not a bright it, kid. No, he's not. Bless his heart. So Long John Silver decides that the best way to get the map is to trick Mr. Arrow into testing out one of the one of the dinghies, one of the lifeboats. Mm-hmm. Because um, of an anecdote about Linky's ships. Yeah. Um, and then convinces him to leave his hat and keys behind in case anything happens. Right. And that's how they get the keys to where the map is locked up. Um, and while like, later they're like, oh, no, man, overboard. It's the next morning. Mr. Arrow's nowhere. He must have fallen overboard. So they have a little memorial service for him. And that's when... Mad Monty, Polly the Lobster, and Clueless Morgan steal the map uh, with Arrow's keys. Um, but when Sam Eagle gets into that boat, I'm pretty sure I need to do some research. But I think that's the first time we ever see Sam Eagle's legs as a Muppet. Oh, interesting. Because like every, like you see Kermit's legs a lot because um, in films they do lots of long shots that in Muppets mm-hmm. take Manhattan, him and Piggy go on a bike ride. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever seen Sam Eagle's skinny little bird legs. And it just, it tickled me. So then we cut down stairs. Jim... Rizzo and Gonzo are in a barrel. Well, Rizzo and Gonzo are in the barrel eating apples and Jim discovers them. And then join. Yeah. And it's a weird shot because like Jim's leaning over that barrel and it looks like the bottom of the barrel is closer to the top. Like it's a weird perspective. It is. Um, and it kind of they all fit in that barrel is anybody's guess. And, yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> everybody's in the barrel having a, having an apple of a time and they all overhear the plan to basically mutiny and go get the treasure. Yeah. So, and this is when Hawkins realizes that long, John Silvers is not who he says he is. Right. And he is a bloodthirsty pirate. Also, while they're in the barrel, just a quick note, Rizzo discovers that Gonzo has a bunch of starfish in his pants. Yeah. Well, he doesn't discover it. Gonzo says straight out, my pants are filled with starfish. (laughs) What is he into? A lot of things. I know. You know, Gonzo probably thought to himself, I wonder what starfish feel like against my skin. And so he filled his pants with starfish. I'm telling you, he's a total Epicurean. (laughs) <laughs> or hedonist, one or the other. So, yeah, anyways, they hear the pirate plan. The pirate plan does include killing everyone mm-hmm. that's not a pirate, including Hawkins. And I'm Jim a... tells Smollett, yeah. he warns the captain, whose plan, whose sort of uh, cover for that is to send all of the pirate men off ashore to scout for supplies and, like, prep for disembarking, ultimately planning to maroon them. But just at the last moment, Long John sort of like keys into this and, and tricks slash traps Jim into coming with them by like finagling with the crutch a bit. Yeah. He like throws the crutch overboard. And he's like, Hey lad, can you grab this crutch? Yeah. So I, I don't understand how he loses his balance. Also are the railings on this ship insanely low? Like well, what has happened? What happens is he picks up the crutch and hands it out to him. And long John says, well, you're going to have to get closer to the mat so I can get it. And so he gets closer to that railing and, and long John just pulls him in with the crutch. Yeah. Which, I mean, just let go of the crutch, but sure. whatever. But yeah. more and more, Jim Hawkins, is he just strikes he's, me as a as a simple lad with a capital S. And he knows that he's bad at this point. Yeah. Like, he knows. Why not that, just chuck the crutch at him? Right. Just beat like, him right in the, in the head with no it. No, thanks. I'm good. Right. Hawkins is fine here. Well, and the answer is because the story wouldn't progress. If that's yeah, that's happens. true. So we then cut to the pirates uh, arriving on the island. In a beach party. Beach party. And uh, the the band that has been playing. It's Dr. Mams. It's yeah. the Dr. Ma- it's it's the Muppet band. The Muppet band is there. Yeah. They're really not affiliated with any sort of faction. They're just there to play a gig. Right. Um, like, Don't get into the politics, man. Just play the gig. So Long John entices Jim to join the crew with the song, uh, A Professional Pirate. <laughs> but Jim refuses right as they're going into the song. Tim Curry goes, look at us, Jim. 
we're a festival of conviviality. And I just, that's the title of my first folk album. I've decided the title of my first folk album will be festival of conviviality. Yeah. This is his, his first number. Mm hmm. Uh, it's his only it, number. I'm sorry. Yes, this is his only number. He is featured in a couple of other songs, but this is his song. And he makes a point to say, "It's like this is my only number." Yeah, and one of the many fourth wall breaks that happens in this. Oh, in yeah. this. But I mean, that's kind of a Muppet thing. Like, I mean, the old guys are the front of the Settler boat. and Waldorf. Yeah, we haven't yeah. talked about them yet. They're the figureheads on the ship, Settler yeah. and Waldorf. It's a perfect role for them. Yeah, because they are always those sort of like snarky observers, right? And um, and there's no other place for that function in this film that muppet function in this film yeah because it's so many locations like it's not cutting back to it precisely the boat is the only constant thing and, and it and when they need to cut to them like um well now we're stuck on this figurehead could be worse we could be stuck in the audience <laughs> <laughs> i just love that so anyways back to the professional pirate he's yes. trying like they're basically trying to get uh, hawkins to join this crew to get a share of the treasure but hawkins would have already gotten a share of the treasure because he had a contract with trelawney and the captain yeah so like all of this is contracted why why would he think that he would want to like it just doesn't make any sense but anyways the professional pirate is is a great song i mean mm -hmm. it's a it's another one of my favorites from this movie so song ends, we get to, uh, we cut back to Smollett, Rizzo, and Gonzo, who have head out to rescue Jim. At the same time, uh, Long John Silver has left some of his men on the boat to retake it after the captain leaves. Well, yeah, because they never took care of the captain. So Long right. John like left some men behind so that like once they had the treasure, they could take over the boat and escape and mm -hmm. leave those guys behind or kill them or whatever. Yeah. Smollett and Gonzo and Rizzo get to the island and, and Smollett's like, well, it's a bit dark. Let's let's do this at early light. And yeah. then they turn out their torch and the practical eyeballs. Is that a thing in Muppets? Like, does is that, is that I, it happens sometimes? Like, there's not just one Kermit puppet. Yeah. Um, so I think it's when they need to do those shots, it's, it's all practical. And they're like, I can't tell if they're glow in the dark or lit from behind. They have to be lit from behind. Yeah. If I they were so. just glow in the dark, it wouldn't pick up. Right. It seems like they were sort of backlit. Yeah. So there appears more eyeballs than just the three sets a little scary behind them. It's kind of terrifying. And we're introduced to the native pigs that live on the island. And uh, we get our next song, Boom Shakalaka. Yes, they pronounce it Boom Shakalaka. It's a joke on Boom Shakalaka. And honestly, it really dates this movie. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Uh, off to the side while the Boom Shakalaka is happening, there's a rat dinner in a show. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the island floor show for them. And they're like, oh, these native shows are so, uh, what does she it's say? It's like a luau. Like yeah. you're going to a luau and you're watching these people perform for you. Like it's, it's like if you're on a cruise, it's one of the excursions, one of the <laughs> land excursions. I've never been on a cruise, but I know yeah. that this is a thing where like you cruise around where there are islands and you can get off the boat and go do things. Right. And that's kind of like what this is. Yeah. The rats are super impressed. And then an elephant walks in and a I got a, a real life elephant. And I yes. got to wonder how the elephant felt about all those damn puppets running around. Yeah. I don't, and like it looked tired. I hope it wasn't live stated. elephants or like that's. I have to believe because it's Disney and Jim Henson, that elephant was treated really, really well. I would hope so. Um, I didn't see anything when we were doing research about this. I didn't see any controversy about no, it. Like me neither. Generally we'll see something if like there's a big problem yeah. like that, but it, it was, it was not jarring, but it was like, Oh, Oh shit. That's a real elephant. Yeah. And on top of the elephant is a flower chariot that we are then revealed to at an hour and six minutes into this movie. We finally get Benjamina Gunn, a.k.a. Miss Piggy. Mm -hmm. Based So the character that she's playing is, is a dude in the story. It's a Benjamin Gunn who was marooned by Flint. Oh, um, sort okay. Of behind. So all of that is thematically accurate. But what did not like in the book, Gunn is living in a cave kind mm -hmm. of like on his own. He did not become the queen of the native tribe. It's kind of like it's kind of like castaway in a little bit. He's, little bit. he's Tom Hanks. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. He did not become a Dolly Parton esque queen of a native tribe. Yeah. Um, and this is where we realize that the pig in the picture is. Is Benjamin Smollett. Benjamin Smollett. And well, no, Benjamin Gunn, because they were never married. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, Sorry. My apologies. We get a, you know, they both see each other. They get up there and then a big pig slap on Kermit's face. His, yeah, because, you know, they did date. And he's like, oh, Benjamina. Oh, Smalley smack. Yeah. And no, they didn't just date. Kermit left her at the altar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, straight he up. fled to Zanzibar. Out. Yeah, because he got cold feet because yeah. he's a. 
because he's a frog. She's yeah. like, frogs have cold feet. Um, we're also introduced to one of the pig. Uh, well, he's the tribal leader. The tribal leader. Uh, his name is Spe Am. Mm-hmm. And uh, just this quick side note, the the company uh, Hormel Foods Corporation, who, yeah. who, who makes Spam, sued the the production company for what? the warthog character. <laughs> the suit was defeated in 1995, and the judge noted that one might think Hormel would welcome the association with genuine sources of pork. <laughs> I love it when judges are sassy in legal briefs. Um, so back to the pirates. And Long John Silver. There's the skeletons that are hanging out and everybody freaks out, but they're following the map. And Jim's like, nope, it says you need to go this way. This many steps, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they find the cave. And one of the guys is like, oh, we don't even have to dig it up. They open it. All of the treasure is gone. All of it. They all turn around to Long John Silver and are. Well, they turn on him. Yeah, they turn on him. So Long John Silver pulls out his guns <laughs> and threatens to shoot them. Does end up shooting one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there is a kind of a moment that's kind of nice where Long John Silver lets uh, Hawkins go. Yeah. And is like, get out of here. I don't want you. I don't want you to get it. it. It still feels like he's not all evil, but like. There's a degree of wholesomeness there. There is. Protectiveness. Or yeah. What What have you. Um, yeah. And then we find out that dead Tom is dead. Yes. And it makes me want a shirt that says long live dead Tom. Long live dead Tom. <laughs> like I want that on a shirt <laughs> with just that Muppet's skull face. Yeah. <laughs> So the pirates stage a mutiny on Long John Silver. They give him a black spot that's written on the page of a Bible. And he got like, this is manipulative Long John Silver. This is his moment. He's just like, oh, the red hot gates of hell. Like, this is a kid's movie, by the way. It's a kid's movie. And he's (laughs) preaching about the damnation. These pirates will endure as a result of giving him a black spot on the page of the Bible. And it, it turns them and they're like, oh, oops, sorry. Sorry, you're, you're precious and you're delightful and you're beautiful. And you've got luscious lips and whatever, whatever else. Said. Yeah. So Long John rallies them and they yes. go to find the treasure and they end up at the, the native enclave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Smollett's there and he, they're with looking Benjamina. For, with Benjamina and they're looking for the treasure. And at, at this point, Kermit Smollett has found out that she had a fling with Flint after they split up or after he left her. Mm-hmm. And then Flint marooned her on the island. And this then pig gets around. She does. <laughs> and then Long John Silver comes up and she's like, well, hey, Long John. And I was like, Jeez. is that a joke about his dick size in this kid's movie? I mean, well, in small it is. He's like, what, him too? Like, yeah. <laughs> even, he, even he makes. But you know what? Maybe she does get around, but she is a strong, independent woman and she can have any man she wants. And there's oh, nothing yeah. wrong she's with literally her. a queen right now. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with anything. Speaking of being a queen, the uh, pigs all show up to kind of save Smollett and Benjamina from the pirates. Yep. But the Long pirates John pull Silver out their guns. their guns. And, you know, the, oh, they have boom boom sticks. And that was a moment where I was like, okay, these pigs might be problematic now because of this, bit. like, this is a trope that I don't like. Yeah. And I feel a little bit icky that the Muppets played around in it. But I mean, yeah. 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 They end up, they end up going away. Sure. So <laughs> Benjamina and Smollett are captured, cut back to the ship. Where fish thrower Lou Zealand, that's that puppet's name. That's that Muppet's name. Sorry, say that one more time. Lou, L-E-W, Zealand. Lou Zealand. Yes, which is a <laughs> pun, obviously, on New Zealand. We then cut to Mr. Arrow coming back in the boat. In the boat. Yeah. He's not dead after all. So it wasn't a leaky boat. He's coming back to the island, right? Coming back. Yeah. So like he finds the island. Yeah. I don't know how he knew where to go. I mm-hmm. mean, this was... A lo- it seems like it was a long time ago that Cabin Fever happened. Right. But anyways... Shows up, you know, basically says, yeah, Long John Silver may not be trustworthy. (laughs) And thanks, Sam. Yeah. Uh, And then Hawkins, Gonzo and Rizzo, right? Get in his boat. And go back to the Hispaniola. Yeah. That they can sort of like take it back over. Exactly. And what they decide is, um, or Mr. Arrow says, you know, pirates are a superstitious lot. So he throws some seaweed over himself. He's just like, I'm the ghost of Mr. Arrow. They all (laughs) freak out. Yeah. D- like jump off the sides yeah. and mind you the boat is pretty kind of far out it's far enough out that it can be anchored but close enough that it can it's just like you know parking a ship like you, do you think they were able to swim back to shore oh yeah okay not that it matters because then they take the boat and start heading it back towards the island exactly so they get that we then cut back to long john silver and the pirates stringing up small like over a cliff 
from a tree. Yeah. Basically trying to threaten Miss, sorry, Benjamina to give them where the treasure actually is. Uh huh. Obviously, Benjamina is wearing this like doubloon necklace. They know that she has the treasure right. somewhere. So, so they're, tr- yes, they're trying to coerce the location of the treasure out of Benjamina and she finally gives it up. She's like, it's back at my place. I found it ages ago. And they're like, great, thanks. And hang her up too. Yeah. <laughs> So we then cut to, um, and this is another situation where we see both of their legs. Like I was saying earlier, like you see piggies comely thighs. Yeah. And her skirt stays up the whole time. It doesn't. Yeah. It's well well done. Probably safety pin. Yeah. probably. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if they had done that scene and the skirts just falling over (laughs) her head? It would have been so much better, but it really would have killed that love song. It would have, um, (laughs) that love song being love. Let us hear. This is uh, a duet between Smollett and Benjamina hanging upside down, professing their love for each other. And as Piggy's singing this, I just like to imagine Frank Oz in the audio booth (laughs) and what his face is doing and how he's like the physicality of him not only getting into Miss Piggy, but also singing that song. Yeah, Um, it's just it tickled me and I laughed a bit while this is happening. You know, as we said, the the ship, the Hispaniola is being steered back towards the island at one point. Um, Jim says way anchor and the way that he says it with his accent sounds like wanker. Oh no. <laughs> wanker. Um, and while this song is going on, we, we keep cutting back to long John silver and all the pirates finding the treasure and just basking, bathing in themselves <laughs> in it. It's all, it's Scrooge McDuck S. Yes. Everybody's putting on necklaces and hoisting up cups and throwing coins around. It's a whole thing. Just like pouring rubies on themselves. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, all in slow motion. It's, it's a very good montage. So back to Benjamina and uh, Smollett, the song ends. Benjamina's rope breaks first. There's, there's, um, it's one of those things where they're, they're tied to rope and the rope itself is over a fire. Yeah. And it's slowly burning. And then Benjamina falls first and Smollett reaches out and grabs her. Well, they hold it during this, during the song, they, they, they join hands. That's right. And so and then like, the rope this breaks. all happens. Yes. And then, yeah, she screams, which is, the Miss Piggy scream is my favorite thing. And again, imagine Frank Oz in a sound booth doing that. <laughs> so Smollett still got her. And then, you know, she's hanging in there and it's, oh, good. She's saved. And it pans back up to him. And he's got the Kermit bug eyes. Yeah. We're just a dot. <laughs> like it's, and it's, they're kind of moving around a yeah. little bit. And um, his face is all scrunched. His, he is stretched he is to straining. Yeah. Um, but luckily the Hispaniola pulls up just before his line snaps and yep. they rescue Benjamina and Smollett. Um, so the boat heads back to the island and they're going to have the final confrontation with Long John Silver. Yeah. There's lots of sword fighting. Piggy goes right for the balls at one point and it's uncomfortable to watch. It is because I know she's a puppet, but it looks like she's got some heft to her. Yeah. <laughs> and like as a kid, like watching this, like, you don't you don't want to teach kids to do something like no. that. That's, that's that's you also not- don't want to teach kids to swing a sword by the blade. And that's exactly what Jim <laughs> Hawkins does at one point. Like he flips it around and catches it by the blade. And my reaction yeah. in my notes, I just have, oh, honey, you can't grab a sword by the blade like that. <laughs> oh, honey, no. Um, we're also revealed to uh, a tattoo of on Kermit's chest. That is the picture. It is the picture. He's like, who's it's- the lady pig? And yeah. I- I'm seriously considering getting that as a chess piece because it's it's super, super neat. And of the things on my body in terms of tattoos, yeah. um, they're either jokes that I find hilarious or things that I really love and enjoy. And I've, I've been a fan of the Muppets since a kid and, and watching this movie for the first time, I was like, Oh my God, is that my Muppet tattoo? And it might be, <laughs> it might be, would you be mad? Oh no, <gasps> no, I think it would be great. Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not getting it. I don't get tattoos. <laughs> I, well, yeah, but I mean like for me, just a big, sort of but on your chest yeah oh yeah i thought you meant mm. no i mean that tattoo in the same place we'll have a conversation we'll have a conversation um so we we also we see uh gonzo and rizzo fighting as well uh, at one point and this kind of circles back to gonzo in the barrel pulls out those starfish that are in his pants yeah and pins the uh lobster to the wall no that's a it's a cockroach that one's a cockroach cockroach. because he even says (laughs) cucaracha he's throwing the stars. Oh, my God. oh, and at one point the subtitles are t- just says like karate vocalization. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so Mr. Arrow brings Smollett's sword and then Smollett starts to fight Long John Silver. Yes. Cocky as fuck. Like <laughs> he, 
He is. He's just super like. It's the most exuberant he's been in this whole film. Yeah. Because prior to this, everything has been very reserved. Yes. Always calm, collected. And now he's just like, ha ha, his, his shirt's open and he is popping <laughs> buttons off of Long John's jacket. Yeah. Destroying his outfit. Yeah. His outfit is ruined. It just totally. <laughs> and then it's sort of um sort of a standoff between the two of them. And Long John has a big, bigger sword. But then he realizes he's outnumbered when the entire crew comes out in identical puffy shirts. Yeah. Well, also Kermit, his, his sword slips out of his hand during that fight. That's as well. right. Because he's a frog and he has wet hands. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when everybody comes up and he's just like, and they're like, no, yeah. no, Long John Silver, but they're all dressed the same. <sighs> and Long John surrenders. Yes. Um, the movie kind of is over at this point. Like it, it, it ties up they, super quickly. They get the treasure back to the ship. They've imprisoned the, the mutineers who are left. Yeah. Um, Long not John checking, is not checking them for anything for pockets yeah, because in Long John's pocket are still arrows keys. He still has those on him. Like if you're hmm, he, Mr. Arrow knew he had the keys. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you should get those back. It's an oversight. How, how did Sam they the lock Eagles the part. cell doors? Oh my God. How did they lock the door? If they didn't have the keys plot hole, what a plot hole. <laughs> So everything's wrapping up and they're getting ready for their next big adventure. But uh, Long John escapes, lets himself out. Nobody catches him in the act of until Jim catches him as he's leaving. Right. Because, well, that's when he gets in the boat and makes enough noise to wake up Hawkins getting into the boat. Not not dragging. the. (laughs) (laughs) This brings me to my point that Jim Hawkins is actually a terrible cabin boy and does not deserve a promotion. Yeah. Because every step of the way that he should have been watchful and alert and attentive. He just is super passive and he's got that whistle in his mouth. It's just like, yeah, no. he like he's getting a gun aimed at him. And like, he keeps putting the whistle closer and closer to his mouth. And at that point, long John calls off his gun. He's just like, oh, I can't shoot you. And then Never he mind, pulls he, the whistle out and it's like, well, hmm. right kid. So the boat sinks. It's leaky. Long John swims off, presumably back to the Island. Yep. And then right at the start of the credits, the rats who were on their cruise, <laughs> In their little like, you know, their their snorkel gear and one of them's got They've one got of those like, those like scuba things that like takes you through the, the little it's got propeller on motorized it. Yeah, yeah. propeller thing. And they're hauling the treasure back up. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the song playing over all of this is Love Power by Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers. And it was written for this movie. Ziggy yes. Marley wrote a song for Muppet Treasure Island and a music video was made for it. Yeah, um, we didn't watch the music video. We literally... No. I kind of found out about this fact right as we were starting to uh, starting to record. But yeah, the the music video features Kermit the Frog in dreadlocks. Oh, Mrs. No. Piggy is dressed as Benjamina Gunn, Clueless Morgan, Sam the Eagle, of Sam Arrow, Rizzo the Rat, and Gonzo are all in their outfits from the movie. So like it's mm, I don't I don't know that I want to see that music video. Maybe not. Well, but the, and then we get to mid credits. We have a little tiny yeah, mid credit scene. scene. And I didn't when we watched it the first time, we didn't go through that because I don't even remember this no. scene. And it's so brief. Long John has made it back to the island. And the only person he has to talk to is one of those tiki statues who tells him a joke. And it's why does the ocean roar? And he says, I don't know why. And he goes, you would, too, if you had crabs on your bottom and oysters in your bed. <laughs> and it's such an adult joke. Jeez. Uh, but that yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. Um, what else? Some other fun facts here. It opened on February 16th, 1996, uh, and it earned, what's that? 7.9 million over the first weekend, ranking third at the North American box office behind the second weekend of Broken Arrow and fellow newcomer Happy Gilmore. <laughs> um, and at the time, it held the record for having the biggest opening weekend um, for a Disney film in February. Uh, it ultimately ended up making $34 million uh, domestically. I don't know what it was worldwide. I couldn't find that. I didn't, that I didn't num- see that either. That number. Sure it was it made for 31 million. So, I mean, they made their money back. They made a little bit of profit. Um, yeah. But I assume that if they probably did external uh, or international distribution, so they probably made a lot more. Yeah, but. they had to have. Uh, so some other facts about this. Uh, so this movie, again, was made after the or was made after the Muppet Christmas Carol. They wanted to kind of keep with those types of stories. Like literary um, adaptations? Yeah. Got it. Um, so it was either between Treasure Island and King Arthur. Oh, I kind of I kind of want a King Arthur Muppet movie. Yeah. Um, but also another fun fact, Roger Ebert didn't like this movie all that much. He gave it two and a half stars out of four. <laughs> and while he liked Tim Curry's performance, he said it was less cleverly written for moi, but for moi, a near miss. Jeez. Yeah. All right. And I guess the last sort of detail we have is they made a video game for this. What? For this. Uh, yes. So it shares the same title. It's Muppet Treasure Island. It came out in 1996. 
It's a point and click game. So it's PC. Yeah, PC. Actually pretty well received. Like the reviews that I was seeing for it were like a B plus and eight out of 10. Like they got the voices though from most of the actors like Frank Oz, uh, Billy Connolly and Tim Curry all did their voices. Um, It features two hours of live action footage, which is longer than the movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The game was distributed on three CDs. (laughs) So... There were points in the game where you'd have to swap out the CD. Um, I remember having to do that. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, that's like Final Fantasy vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, All but right. yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, this, I, I really enjoyed, I, I enjoyed this film. I enjoy a Muppet film. Yes. Not my favorite Muppet film. Okay. I would ha- absolutely recommend it because mm-hmm. it is a fun movie. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that I waited 20 years to see it. Do you think that you would have a different opinion of it if you saw it when you were younger? I think I would have been more critical of it, honestly. You really do? Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to talk about what we're going to do Let's next? Let's talk about what we're going to do next. I've got some thoughts. I kind of have some thoughts as well. Let's start with you. Um, well, in our very first episode, in our little intro episode, we did mention that neither of us had seen... Well, okay. So I our first episode was a movie that I had seen and loved and you hadn't seen. This yes. last one was one that you had seen and loved and I hadn't seen. So I think our next one needs to be one that neither of us has seen. Yes, I would agree with that. That's where I'm at. And I think, because we mentioned it in our intro episode, that maybe it should be Princess and the Frog. I think that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 um, I have never seen that. I, I, I mean, I, we're around it all the time. I mean, we, we were, we've been playing Villainous recently. Yeah. We've, which is so a we've, super um, fun game. Played with Dr. Facilier. Yeah. And some of my favorite memories of you and I being in the park is sitting in New Orleans Square and listening to the, to the Tiana sing mm-hmm. in the restaurant. And, and it, you know, my whole family's from Louisiana uh, on both of my, my parents' sides. And so, like, there's a lot of that New Orleans cultural sort of Creole um, cultural, the, um, Southern cooking, all of that. Like it's, it's in my sort of consciousness from my youth. And yeah. I don't know why I never watched this film except for like, you know, I was an adult and I was doing other things and it just wasn't at the top of my list. Uh, honestly, I can't think of any other movies to do that. We have not both seen. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've seen in fun and fancy free. I mean, that's a 1947. That might be a little rough to watch, but like, have you, have you seen that one? Actually, yes, this is one of the ones that I had on VHS as a kid, but I didn't know it as fun and fancy free. I just always thought it was because it's different um, animated shorts. Okay. And uh, uh, I think and Jiminy Cricket comes along because it's only an hour and 14 minutes, but it's basically um, I knew it as Mickey and the Beanstalk. Okay. Um, And there's this. Yes. Moderately terrifying scene at the beginning where they're starving and they're like trying to slice ham really, really paper thin. Do they do share the, it? Do they do the beans like that too? Yes. Okay. Maybe I have seen this movie. And at one point they're riding on dragonflies to escape the giant. That when I they're up remember. in the giant's land, they're on like his dinner table and um, goofy gets caught in the jello. Cause he's like trying to run on it. And then he starts digging himself down into it. Oh geez. It's wild. Okay. So I, I may have seen this movie, but it it's, I don't really have that many memories from it. Um, the other one that I, I have not seen is Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I have seen that. So we can't really do that yet. Um, Wait, you haven't seen Mr. Toad? <laughs> That's one of your favorite rides favorite at the park. Ride. Yeah, I, I think Princess of the Frog is going to be it. the one. Yeah, Let's do it. Yay! Yeah, I, I have not seen it at Neither all. Neither have I. So yeah, this is. Uh, I think that's a good one. Yes. So uh, tune in next time. Yes, for next, in two Frog. weeks we're going to have Princess and the Frog. Um, we're going to try to cram that in on either side of Broadway Con. Um, <laughs> but... I'm a I'm a professional. I'm a you professional. Are. Damn we'll it! Keep it together. I will. Um. So where can they find me on social media, Clancy? So you can find uh Josh at Josh Watchin TV mm-hmm. on uh Twitter and Instagram. Yep. And you can find Clancy at C L N C Y. So that's Clancy without the A on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can find the show as Nonplussed Pod everywhere: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, your mom's house. We're Nonplussed Pod nonplus pod yep nonpluspod.com if uh if you guys have any sort of suggestions as of like movies that we should see or we yeah. haven't talked about yep. um you know ideas especially for some of these older ones that we may just not be on our radar at all yeah there's a lot on disney plus or even like made for tv disney channel movies that you really loved that maybe neither of us saw yeah email those into submissions at nonpluspod.com uh yeah submissions yeah submissions at nonpluspod.com awesome yep 
and uh and yeah we'll we'll take a look at those um just remembered uh we we were on all the platforms we're on iTunes we're on Spotify we're on uh uh Stitcher I think Overcast yeah and rate review subscribe please that would be awesome share us with your other Disney loving friends please and uh follow us on socials and whatever and we'll see you next time with some uh princess and the frog realness yeah some southern goodness and uh yeah that's that's josh over there and that's clancy and we're non we're nonplussed we are nonplussed <laughs>she drags out that word lush she's like long john and she's like oh piggy yeah <laughs> she knows how she likes her sausage <laughs> no nope nope nope, nope. <laughs> no nah.